Hello, and welcome to Humans of Van Life, the most raw, authentic, and diverse podcast made on the road. I am Nikki, and I'll be your host. Join me in the rolling studio while we hear how people have diverted from society's idea of normal and made their lives on the road. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, you guys, before we dive into the next episode, I wanted to jump on here and tell you guys some exciting news, and that is I created a Patreon account. If you haven't heard of Patreon, that's no problem. It's a platform where people can support the creators that they love and listen to. Right now, I only have one tier, and that's the Fuel Fund. So by donating $2, you are joining me on the journey of getting from A to Z and all the stories in between. And stay tuned because I have lots more tiers coming your way. I'm telling you, you're going to want to join me on this journey. To find my Patreon account, head over to the link in my Instagram bio at the humans of van life or type in www.patreon.com slash the humans of van life. I'm so stoked to be here again in the studio. It is smoking hot in Byron. I had to jump in the ocean before sitting here and now I'm dripping sweat again. Super stoked to be sitting here with Georgie. Uh, we met at the van life gathering a couple weeks ago and super neat story the long and short of it is that you know Nathan from years ago yeah it's been like six years now and (laughs) I of course met Nathan this summer and now we're working together on our like documentary and he's my partner in crime and then here you are (laughs) and we all met in Byron it's very very fortuitous (laughs) this is really nice because Georgie and I haven't necessarily sat down had a conversation yet it's been when we've been watching Dusty Boots, having a couple drinks. <laughs> Getting a bit fresco. So it's really nice to like sit down and create the space to hear a bit about your story. How are you feeling? I'm nervous. I don't know what to say, you know? Okay. Ooh, spooked. Well, I'll <laughs> yeah. just guide us. Yeah, give us, give us a starting point. Beautiful. So I want to know what you're traveling in right now. In a 2013 Kia Carnival. 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 Carnivale. Are you living in that right now? Yeah, like not full time. I'm more of like a, a weekend warrior, I think people call it. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'll kind of jump from people's places and like families homes and things like that so i'm able to get a shower and have a shit pretty easily pretty nice part you know the van life <laughs> basic needs yeah. yeah basic needs do you have a home right now in sydney no i don't i've got i've got kind of a home with my parents i mean as most people do <laughs> but um otherwise yeah it's pretty much my van is home home wow so when did that happen like when did you get this van I got it a few months ago after a really bad breakup that I had. Yeah, I was with this guy for about five years, which was like, you know, I thought he was the one, he was my first love, like everything. We're talking about getting engaged and then things just kind of went tits up and then I kind of, yeah, had really kind of nothing left after that after we kind of split everything up moved home with my parents and I was just like fuck I'm so bored in Mudgy like this is killing me I need to do something and Nathan offhandedly was just like get a van and come join van life and I was like for the first week I was like get a van I don't know and then I thought about it a bit more and I was like get a van that's a pretty good idea (laughs) 
No way. So yeah. that's how it happened. Yeah. Nathan. That's loose. Dude, yeah. so when he got back from Bali? Like yeah, like a bit trip, before. Like, he was about to get back, and he was like, oh, when I get back, you know, like, we should do this more music stuff and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, 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 we'll meet up. It'll be mad. And he was like, oh, I'm going to, like, van life with Hayden and, like, all, you know, people we know. And I was like, that seems like a lot of fun. Like, maybe I will join in. Like, I do need a car. I was looking around. Maybe I should just get a van and start, you know, traveling a little bit. Like, I need to get out after such a hectic relationship. Wow. And have you heard of van life before? Like, had you had you seen it or experienced it at all? No. Like, not like the van life community that I met and found in Newcastle. Like, beforehand, I was kind of, I was one of those dickheads who was like, living in a van. That's kind of hippie-ish, isn't it? But, um, yeah, no, it really changed my mind. Like, the people are so lovely, and it's, like, it's a really genius way to live if you want to travel around, Mm -hmm. like, just to have all your shit right there in the car, and you can just flow in and out like the wind. It's so nice. Mm, It's beautiful. I love that. Flow in and out like the wind. (laughs) And so it was hearing Nathan suggest van life, you feeling stagnant and wanting to get out and then Mm. also the people that you met that kind of convinced you yeah it was like because i'd after the relationship i'd lost like a lot of confidence i hadn't like sung live for a really long time and i don't know van life newcastle was such an amazing experience there was this legend from Canada who was there. These two legends from Canada who were there. And they were like, you should get up and sing. Get up and sing. It'll be so nice. And I was like, fuck. Like, it's been a while. I don't know. I've lost my confidence. I don't know if I can do this. And then I got up and I was singing Wagon Wheel. And I remember it was so beautiful. I was reading the lyrics off the phone. And I looked up and all the people were up and dancing. And it was just like... <sighs> I've missed this so much. Like, what have I been doing with my life? (laughs) Wow. It was so nice. And I just, from there, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to chase this kind of happiness and this kind of, like, lovely people and lovely vibes. Amazing musicians. (laughs) That is so beautiful. (laughs) No, it's honestly, like, that just really reaffirms to me how much of an impact you can make in somebody's life without even realizing it. You know, you can give somebody a compliment and it might feel small, yet it could change the course of their life. Or, like, for example, like, I remember this one story. I, uh, my friend was wanting to go ask this guy out that she really liked, but she was feeling, like, so shitty, feeling down. Anyway, she put on a nice outfit, was walking to town. She's like, okay, I gotta do it, I gotta do it, trying to work herself up. Anyway, she was like, no, I don't think I can, and this other dude came by, like, walked across her path, stopped, and was just like, you look absolutely radiant, blah, 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 and she realized, you know what, I'm gonna fucking do it. And she's still with that partner. Oh my god! So it's just kind of like that idea of, like, if you hadn't come to the Van Life Diaries gathering, you wouldn't have had the chance to meet these people. I know. And, like, I didn't even know the Canadians that you're talking about, I'm assuming, is Nisa and I? Yes, of course it is! (laughs) It's just so beautiful, because little did I know that you were trying out this lifestyle. You were seeing if, you know, you resonate with these people, then to feel supported from us without us even trying, like, just, like, loving you and supporting you. Yeah, it was, it meant so much to me. 
like so much. Wow. <laughs> it was amazing. Thank you for sharing. Uh, See, thank you was, for being there. <laughs> thank you, yeah. And so that's been, I guess, about three weeks then so far that you've yeah. been. And what has your experience been? In the van? Yeah. It's been, like, it's been nice. Like the few kind of, I haven't camped in it like a lot yet, but I still kind of use it a lot as home base and like have all my shit in it and like sleeping in it's pretty good gets a bit sweaty mm-hmm. <laughs> that's something i found but i just love like there's something in me like my inner child that loves just kind of i don't know dirty feet and like wandering around and like friends are around and like just being able to do your own thing and also just everyone else is around when you feel like it because like I'll get overwhelmed pretty quickly and be like I need some solitary time and it's just so easy to go back to the van and be like ah you know space and I can put that space wherever I want which is so like so nice to be able to like read a book like on the beach just out of the back of the van Mm. and be like this is such a beautiful place it's such a beautiful time like I'm not doing anything particularly interesting but it's just like a a beautiful kind of contentness that's so hard to find and that I haven't like found before for a really long time. Mm. It's it's pure. It's pure. Yeah. Oh, I love the way you articulated that. Something <laughs> that comes up often on this podcast is this nomadic innateness within all of us. Like you just you said it about the dirty feet. There's something that you love, you know, your inner child and The more I sit with people, the more I learn how this lifestyle actually suits or belongs to humans. You know, community, coming together in a village, working together. Not being alone on a hill in a big mansion with seven TVs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yet you want to connect, but you're so disconnected. Yeah. And it's so interesting because so many people, and I found myself feeling this way when I lived in the city around a bunch of people I was so lonely and I was so yeah. disconnected yeah and then you're out in the woods with you know maybe a couple people yeah and it feels like so much more because the substance is there like you're connecting so much more with those people I can't think of a word <laughs> beautiful pure yeah, yeah pure exactly yeah. And so then I'm just curious were you living with your partner for those yeah. five years? yeah we'd lived together wow. for like yeah four and a half of those years yeah and kind of near the end we got like a really kind of nice apartment in North Ryde which is like very thick city and like a big high-rise apartment and like I I liked it but also I don't know like growing up in the country was used to like being loud and having space and like being able to just like walk outside and be like wah and no one would care no one would hear no one was there you could just be yourself but in the city I could feel the walls kind of closing in, like that kind of feeling. Like I was always really paranoid about being too loud for my neighbours. And like, I don't know, it was just like there was always lots of people around. But like, it just felt like everyone was in their own kind of bubble and you couldn't like break into each other's bubbles. It's very, yeah, very awkward, very lonely. Like, but in the country and, like, in places like Byron Bay, oh, my goodness, this place is amazing. Mm. <laughs> it's just, like, people walk up to you and be like, hey, what's going on? You're like, 
what's up, friend? Like, what? Hello. Like, conversation. This is nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so when you were, were you, when you were feeling the clothes were, they're the, sorry. When you were feeling like the walls were closing in on you, what were kind of your thoughts of alternatives? Because at this point, you hadn't thought about van life. Yeah, so no, where I had was no your idea. mind wandering? How are you thinking that you could like overcome this? I don't know. At the time, I really kind of didn't see a way out. Like I was just kind of settling into this is life. Like get used to it. Like you're very lucky, you know, for what you have. Like you shouldn't be feeling the sadness. You shouldn't be unhappy. Like I was kind of like angry at myself for being like you should be so much more grateful for all the things you have. Like why are you why are you so sad? <laughs> but um yeah I don't know I don't want to talk shit about my ex-partner but like he was kind of a problem liar which was also kind of kind of fucked with like my reality and my mental health and mm. all that kind of stuff and just like spending every other day kind of like crying in the bathroom you're just like and it's something else like no matter kind of what it is something else would be good and so I was like think we finally have to break up broke up with him very messy moved out back to Mudgee and like I hadn't been home like in Mudgee for like a a lot of years like properly Mm. and just because my parents have a really beautiful farm out there and really like an acre's worth of garden and just kind of being able to go outside and just breathe and listen to the trees and the birds and just be alone and be happy I was just like, I need more of this. Mm. This is really like, it's kind of healing. I can feel things getting back together. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to go and find more places like this little mudgy haven Mm. around with other people in them. And yeah. What is mudgy? What is Mudgy? Yeah, what is this place? It's, um, it's actually called Mudgy? Yeah, Mudgy. It oh. means nest in the hills. I think it's an Aboriginal word. It's so yeah. cute. Yeah, it's really, like, it's quite a sweet little town. Where is it located? Um, kind of near Orange. It's like an hour and a half away from Dubbo. About four hours from Sydney okay. over the mountains. Okay, so inland? Yeah, inland. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's a big centre for um, a lot of wineries. So lots of tourists from Sydney are always coming out and being like, oh, all the wineries, like, <laughs> a cycling tour, and do some drinking. And so really a nest in the hills. Yeah, yeah, a nest in the hills. It's mm. very pretty, like, very... It's kind of slow, like, mm. yeah. Like, I like Mudgy, but it's mm-hmm. also... Like, a lot of country towns are the same in Australia. Like, once you go a bit inland... This is kind of slow and easy, but also kind of a little bit boring if mm-hmm. you're not like, yeah, actively looking for things to do. So tell me a little bit about income for you. So what were you doing in Sydney? Were you I, working? Yeah, well, like, yeah, kind of. I was working through my partner. Mm. So like I helped him get like six grand raise because I was doing like graphic design and he'd go to work and like hand in all like the graphic design things that I've done and kind of because he's a liar he'd always tell me like everyone at work knows it's you like it's fine like they're paying us for this you know all this stuff but 
I don't know if that was ever really true. Like, right. So I don't know if I ever got any credit, but um. So you do a bit of graphic design? Yeah, I do a bit of graphic design. Haven't done any since because obviously, like, I built my life around him, and I was working through him. And then when we broke up, I kind of had nothing. And I was like. Mm. Fuck. I mean, I have all the skills that I learned and all that kind of thing, and that's, you know, invaluable stuff I can take into the future, which is very good. But, um, yeah, at the moment, I'm just kind of, like, living very free. And it's a bit scary. Like, I'm living off a bit of money I had saved, which is, you know, I've still got, like, quite a bit of that, still mm-hmm. living quite comfortably, still able to go buy coffee. That's but it is luxury. scary. Like, I think it's important it to not downplay that. That's yeah. a a question fear so many people have about this lifestyle like the number one question i almost get besides how do you use the bathroom and what do you eat (laughs) is uh, what do you do for money you know and so many people are becoming digital nomads yeah a lot of people are doing graphic design on the road yeah because it's so easy just you know you have your computer that's all you need you need computer your skills just need to gather up some clients Exactly. And the whole thing is, is less is more. You don't need so much money just to survive. You don't need six thousand dollars, or sorry, you don't need eight thousand dollars coming in because everything costs six thousand. You know, your rent, your yeah. food, your your your, your, um, your luxuries. Your, you know, your special gym that you'd be going to in the city, or like the fancy pub you like to go to every Saturday night, or yeah. things like that. Yeah. So it's so interesting because you don't need much coming in yet. A lot of the people I speak with were living such enriching lives. So anyway, but I just wanted to... That doesn't take away the fear aspect. Like, it is scary as hell. Yeah, I'm terrified. It's like, a, trying not to think about it yet. Quite kind of terrified. But, Do you um, want to... Are you kind of, like, looking at, like, where you want to reside and what you want to do for money? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, like, I, I'm pretty sure I want to move here to Byron Bay. Like, have a little crappy apartment. Mm. Still have my van so I can explore all the areas like around like on weekends or we had to take my van out mm. go to a new spot see what's up <laughs> yeah have a nice time but yeah it would be really nice to like be able to get some work here i think hayden and ash were like there's lots of backpackers flowing through aldi and i was like i can do that totally yeah yeah <laughs> so that's you know options already like the grocery store aldi yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, would you consider living in your van full-time because you yeah. mentioned that you'd maybe get an apartment here. Yeah, I think, you know, until I find an apartment or, like, you know, a place that's, like, cheap enough and mm-hmm. nice enough or whatever, I'd live in my van. Yeah. Because I've got all my necessities I need. I'm not afraid of, like, taking a bush piece. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I've got, like, you know, water for a shower. I've got, like, a little camp shower oh, that you nice. plug into the back. I have a little wash. Nice. And, um, Yeah. I think it would be nice. Yeah. Like, it's it's definitely, like, a huge change, but I think also making big changes like that is good for you, like, keeping you on your toes, because you don't know, like, how you're going to react, how you're going to make it through a situation until you're just thrown into it. And, like, you should throw yourself into shit you're scared of, because how else are you going to grow as a person? How else are you going to know if you can do it, if you can survive, if you're going to come out of it and be like, that was actually pretty awesome. Like, I liked it, even though it was really scary. 
Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. For examples, when I bought my first Volkswagen van back in Canada, (laughs) I bought it on this island, on Salt Spring Island, and I had to get over to Victoria, and I had never driven standard in my life. (laughs) And I basically had, uh, I had to get this van over to the island, and I've never driven standard. So I did a couple, like the person I bought it from, Cole, he took me out once, and he literally was like, holy shit, Nikki, I would not recommend you drive. And I was like, Cole, that's not an option. I have to make it there. Like, I have to due to, like, my schooling and all this. Yeah. So I just fucking got in there, started her up, and <laughs> hopped and jumped and scraped myself across this island onto a ferry and then into the big city oh my goodness (laughs) but that was like my only way to learn or like similar to like nursing my profession you just have to like fake it till you make it in a lot of ways exactly that is my favorite phrase fake it till you make it exactly that's what i was feeling at van life like Mm. i arrived there like nathan friends like people i knew weren't there yet and i was like like at the gathering, you mean? Yeah, at the gathering. I was like, oh my god, like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Like, oh my god, I'm so scared. Like, just go up and say hi to people. No, I can't fucking do it. Like, oh my goodness gracious. And I was trying to psych myself up. And then just this dude walked over. JD? Did you mean? Oh, yeah, he did I love JD. Oh my god, he came over to my van. And he was just like, yo, what's up? I'm going to smoke a J next to your van. I was like, oh my god. I'm in the right place. This is amazing. And we started chatting and I was like, oh, this is so amazing. And then by the time Nathan and all that arrived, I chatted to like a few people and I was like, fake it till you make it. Like, just go out and just be like, yes, you can do this. Say, hey, just be like, what's up? And oh my God, it was so scary. But that anxiety, right? Before. Yeah. Yeah. It's just inside. You're just like, don't do it. They're going to be like, you're weird. Get away from me. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you have to be like, shut the fuck up. Is that a dialogue that often goes through your mind? Like- yeah. No, definitely. Like, I've got like a lot of anxieties mm. about lots of things, like a lot of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And like, just, I've always had a lot of good people around me that will give me kind of a little push mm-hmm. in the right direction. Mm-hmm. That's always like so handy and since doing like van life and stuff I've looked at myself and been like George you've been so lucky and you've also been such a dickhead you should be the one giving yourself that push like you know like and it's been nice to like push myself more and more like with the gig that was on last Thursday opening for the butlers (laughs) yeah that was like you know a big step because I hadn't done a lot of live music since you know Newcastle van life and then there was that gig it was Nathan like Nathan's just like we need a backup singer like come and do it and I was like oh my god that's terrifying fucking do it I've got to do it like I've got to do it it'll be so good it's gonna be great you can do it and I mean I don't know I wasn't in the audience but I hope it was good (laughs) I was gonna tell you I was in the audience and you fucking rocked it like you didn't just do it you guys rocked it it was so epic yeah so that was dusty boots johnny it was yeah. hayden nate and you and yeah, ash, and ash. Yeah. which is, is ash's first gig as yeah. well and she killed it and she was, was so amazing yeah and that's kind of what i wanted to ask you a bit more of um i i know that you are a singer yeah and when did you start doing that like when did you acquire your beautiful voice <laughs> gosh i mean 
if I try and backtrack it, I think, to the earliest point, when I was a kid, we lived really far out, kind of in the centre of New South Wales, like if you put a little pin on a map, middle of, like, butt fuck, like <laughs> red dirt, like part of the desert. Wow. Like, yeah, like a big, a big old sheep farm out there. And, um... And my parents, being like, you know, the middle-class country thing to do is to send your kids to boarding school in Sydney, in the city, mm. you know, for, like, a better life, better education, all that kind of stuff. And um, so my siblings are a lot older than me, and they went off to boarding school first. And we'd go up, we'd drive up there, which was, like, a nine-hour journey, every other weekend. And so as a kid, I spent a lot of time in the back of the car. And oh I gosh. had a lot of time to listen to the radio and, you know, nine hours every other weekend just singing along to every single song on the radio. had a lot of time to practice, obviously, and, like, I don't know, eventually I just kind of woke up and realised I quite like, like singing. Like, this is nice. I think I've got an all right voice, like, after listening to everyone on the radio, everything that would come on, that what I'd know. And um, in school... Like, I wanted to take music, but I was kind of worried because, like, you know, I'd only ever sung along to the radio. I don't really know anything. Everyone's been doing music since they were little babies. Like, I feel like I'm behind. And I'd always kind of skip a couple of my classes in high school. I was a bit naughty. I'd go hang out with my friends in the music block and we'd, like, sing to musicals and, you know, mm. do all that crazy stuff. And um, it wasn't, like, until a few years out of school and I was like maybe I really should pursue this singing thing because mm. it, it makes me happy. Mm -hmm. I think I can do it. Like, I'd, it would be nice to kind of, like, have people be like, wow, oh, you know, clapping for you. Mm. Like, that kind of dream of being on a stage and, like, yeah. having a captive audience. And I went and did, like, a... Oh, what's a small one? I can't remember. It's a degree or a diploma. Mm. Like, a one year in contemporary music. Diploma. Yeah, and that's where... That's where I met Jack who Nathan was talking about him in his podcast, Jack the Man, the oh, amazing guitarist. No way. Yeah, yes. way. That's how I met Nathan and stuff. Through that yeah. one year of music. Yeah, I met Jack there and we became, like, really good friends. We started making, like, a bit of music together. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I met Nathan and everyone and also my ex. Like, they were all in that same group and Hayden. And, um, yeah, and, like, I don't know, I'd always kind of put myself as like kind of an average singer like kind of an average person and put myself down and be like oh I'm always kind of like the middle fish in the middle pond and then like I found all those guys and they were like you're a really good singer and like oh my god like we should make music together and I was like this is amazing Holy shit. this is what I've yeah. been searching like these people think I'm a good singer and they want to make music with me mm. what the fuck like uh. <laughs> and it was just yeah so beautiful and like we made our first Mojave Reigns album unreal <laughs> so like when I met Nate in Colorado there's so many times that we'd sit and he would just like share the music that you guys created no way 
and a lot of stuff that like hadn't been like shown like hasn't it's not on spotify and stuff yeah, like, like just the second album stuff exactly i love that stuff and we just spent, like lots of hours sharing uh time together listening to that and he still says to this day that you're the best singer he's ever heard like, he's oh no uh, fully that's what he says oh my god and then guy on the bass oh my god guy's the most amazing bass player that's ever lived exactly what a rock star so your voice i'm telling you is amazing oh, and it's you. just so wild how <laughs> constantly that ne- that self-doubt always stands in our way yeah always always and like i really really want to stress this point that mental health is everybody like i've just been noticing a lot about the dialogue around the inner critic or the self-doubt or i'm going to sum that up and call it mental health anxiety yeah the dialogue I'm not finding is as authentic as it can be because people still like I still people look at me and they think like oh she must be happy as can be traveling the world you know like I'm in Australia and it's like holy fuck like I struggle often daily you know but people look at me and they're like oh how can Nikki be struggling like look at her life and it's always like art is in the eye of the beholder or whatever right like nobody can tell my experience but I just felt called to share a little bit about that and just kind of normalizing that we all struggle Mm. constantly constantly it's a constant struggle to be alive to be alive yeah and it's ability to view myself in a right way when I see other people and how much fear holds them back. You know, like just the fact that at that gathering to go for a circle, that was the first time you had sung in how long? I think maybe like two years. Wow. Yeah, it had been a while. And now you're back in the swing of things. Yeah. You know, it's just (laughs) so interesting that so much held you back from like kind of your true potential. Yeah. Yeah, you just sound like an angel. So it's like, how can we, like, tap into that more where we own our shit? You know, we own our shit. Like, for example, like, I didn't know a bloody thing about podcasting. <laughs> not a clue. I've never even talked into a microphone. I, I'm not an electronic person. But if I let that hold me back any longer than I already had, then I would never be here. Yeah, in this amazing place right now. Talking with you. You know, and it's just yeah. like, it's just so incredible how everything works out. But I love hearing it through other people because when you can view somebody else and see how, how their self limiting beliefs are inhibiting them, you know, it's easier to fix somebody else, of course. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But it's also a beautiful mirror to look and be like, wow, okay, what is holding me back? And is it just a thought in my head? And that is not, I want to be very clear, that's not downplaying our thoughts. They are heavy, mm-hmm. they are massive, and it's unique to each individual. But sometimes that mirror allows us to be like, fuck, man. Like, we got this. You know, like, you just played a gig with Dusty Boots. It's not going to be your last one. Like, it's not going to be your last one. I already know it. It's the beginning of something beautiful. (laughs) So amazing. Yeah. We just got to, like, give ourselves that kick, Mm. you know? Got to get the push through the wave break of like all the self-doubt that kind of will wash over your mind if you let it Mm. yeah yeah what does your family think about you living in a van right now um (laughs) like do your parents think you're not yeah yeah definitely really yeah like my mom's that kind of person who'd be like oh living in a van oh 
Like, how could you, oh, you know, what about showering? What about having clean clothes, you know? Like, how are you going to get a husband that way, <laughs> kind of thing? So, yeah. Very traditional. Very traditional. So what do you think Very. their idea of people who live in vans are? Dirty hippies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They think I'm a dirty hippie, but... um. Do you think that their mind would change if they came to, like, one of our gatherings or if they hung out with us for a bit? Just curious. That's interesting to think about. Mm. I don't know if it would. Mm. Yeah, I think they're kind of very set in their ways. And they have their world, they have their views and their beliefs. Like, people are very tied to their beliefs in almost to, like, a detrimental degree. Yeah. Like, I was talking with um, a friend and my sister last night. And she's, like, a psychologist. And she was talking about how she read this article... And she was talking about how one in seven people, if they were told that, like, their lifestyle is going to kill them because it'll make their heart condition worse, only one in seven people would be willing to change their lifestyle, you know, to live longer and be better and be healthier because people are so strongly tied to the beliefs that they have in their own, like, system. It was a really interesting conversation. We're also talking about, like, the role of, like, hectic cults, like the Brian Jonestown Massacre. I'm like, you haven't heard of that? No. What is this? The Brian Jones Massacre? Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. It's going to get dark. (laughs) Is this a recent thing? No. It was quite a few years ago. um, Have you ever heard the phrase of, like, drinking the Kool-Aid? No. My goodness. This is an interesting tangent to go on. We're talking all about it. So it kind of starts off, you know, there's a lot of vulnerable people in the world, especially in this kind of age of loneliness with so much technology that we have that we think is kind of replacing all the connections that we need. But as humans, we really need, like, community. We need people around. We need love. Like, all that kind of things. Which is van life is really nice because it's, like, it's, like, kind of got that community but without the weird charismatic leader that's gonna fuck everything up (laughs) Mm. yeah and um so we're talking about a lot of cults like even scientology and things like that they'll kind of prey on really vulnerable people who are looking for their own place to belong and like you get sucked in you think this is really nice like it's all these people that are like welcoming me and like i finally have a place i can belong like i'm feeling that void And then, you know, as you get into the cult a bit more, like, they'll slowly kind of ramp things up. Like, the steps will get a little bit crazier every time. And because you're vulnerable and you've just found this community where you belong, you're kind of like, well, I don't don't want to lose this community, so I'll keep taking these crazier and crazier steps. And um, with the Brian Jonestown massacre... It was this huge encampment. I think it was like maybe a thousand people in somewhere in South Africa. I think at Jonestown. It was, yeah, it was Jonestown. I'm sorry. It's got the Jonestown Massacre. I keep calling it the Brian oh, Jonestown okay. Massacre. That's a band name. Oh, How embarrassing. The Jonestown okay. Massacre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a really good band as well. Side plug <laughs> yeah. there. Check them out. Side plug. They're amazing. So the Jonestown Massacre. Um, yeah, yeah, the Jonestown Massacre. <laughs> Right. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, and they're all they're all living in this big commune and like, you know, they brought in vulnerable people or like, you know, some cults would play on like homeless people, kind of bring them in, be like, We can give you food, we can give you a home, we can give you all this kind of stuff and then they slowly kind of ramp up the things you need to do to stay in the community, like you need to kind of do these servant type jobs. 
and um, things at Jonestown got really wild. Like they were all, they were all kind of turning into servants and like everyone in the commune died. Well, there were a few people who like fake drank it and then ran out into just the forest and like tried to survive for like a few days, not knowing, you know, if anyone would be alive at the end, like Aww. knowing, you know, if they went back, they'd have to drink the Kool-Aid. And... So like goes to show how, yeah, people are set in their belief systems. Yeah, and also just how much like a sense of belonging and community can Aww. drive people to crazy things dude okay like quite the dark side trail <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> but gotta say gotta say definitely keeping this in because <laughs> that goes to my belief that i hold strong and i know every single person wants love and love and belonging yeah every yeah. single one Every single person. Like, like I recently that. wrote an article for govan.com that will be published soon. They oh asked to do an article on humans of van life. And they asked me, like, what's one takeaway I've learned from this passion project, my podcast? And it was literally that. Every single person wants four things. Love and belonging, to be seen, and to be heard. Mm, yeah. And I love that. That, to me, is tender. That's beautiful. But then you just highlighted the negative side of that. Like, we'll do anything we can to get that. Yeah, like, it's such a such a big, deep, ingrained, driving need yeah. in all humans. Yeah. And it's, like, yeah, back to the happier side of it. Yeah. That's why van life is so nice. There's no, like, crazy cult leader is going to make you <laughs> drink the Kool-Aid. Like, it's just, it's that belonging. Yeah without anything else like people are just there to spread their love Dude. and to spread the belonging and be like you're here we're here yeah we belong like that's all it takes well and let's just talk about like let's just tell everybody <laughs> so georgie and i are sitting in my van in the studio and behind us we've got hayden nathan melissa and nisa Yay. three vans and they're all preparing <laughs> food right now because we're having a potluck we are just doing a cheeky podcast <laughs> but you know what I mean like it's Sunday and we are gathering for a potluck and we're gonna sit on the beach and like spend the day together and it's so interesting because we kind of sometimes van life or in this community that word van life sometimes throws me off like it's, yeah that's becoming a bit of a thing but anyway yeah. that's, that's for a different podcast <laughs> but sometimes we take for granted what we have going on here like back home on a Sunday, I'm meal prepping. You know, I'm at the gym, I'm doing laundry, I'm like setting up for my week and I yeah. so badly just want to connect with my friends, but I have to prepare for my hectic week. Yeah. And it's just like, wait a second, like we're sitting here having this honest, real, raw conversation while our mates are waiting for us <laughs> for a beautiful potluck. I know. It's like, it's so different from city life. Like, like, I've, uh, I've realised myself, I fucking hate the city. Like, mm. I just fucking hate it. Like, it makes you so tired. Like, and all you want to do is just, like, when you have time off, you just want to be like, oh, I just kind of want to spend it with myself because I've spent a whole week, like, you know, working with other people and going out and, like, doing all this other stuff that I need to do to, like, continue this lifestyle that I have. And then you've got no free time to just, like sit in a van and have a mad conversation and do a podcast or have a potluck on the beach mm -hmm. like do things for yourself yeah you know and also if like if you can rock that out then power to you mm. i hold my hands up to you but i couldn't yeah. i couldn't sustain that so you know what i mean like we want to i, I want to support everybody that does live that life and, yeah. and that loves it 
fucking amen. Yeah, well done. If you love it, that's all you need. Exactly. And that's, that's the you. Thing. Like, we're not sitting here trying to convince anybody of this. I'm just simply, we're just having conversations and sharing our truth and our experience. Yeah. And again, it's like whatever suits you, whatever works for you. Yeah. Yeah. What, like, if it works, it works. Like, you go, girl. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. You go, person. <laughs> I really, really appreciate you taking the time to sit here with me, though. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Uh And thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. I am so, so very grateful for everybody who listens. And if you liked this episode, would love for you to take a cheeky screenshot and tag at the Humans of Van Life on Instagram so I can see who's watching and joining me on this journey. And of course, if you want to support this podcast, please leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and a star rating. I would love, love the support. Until next time.